0: Brian, can you hear me?
1: Yep. Just making All right. sure. All right. Okay, so uh, you ready? Let's do it. All right. Welcome, everybody, to It's Too Wordy Podcast, the comic book podcast where three friends talk about comic books from yesterday or today and previous years. <laughs> I'm Brian. <laughs> and I'm Nick. And clearly – I don't do this as well as Kirk does, uh, but Kirk had something going on tonight, so he won't be able to join us, but uh, I think Nick and I can handle it for a little bit without, uh, although I was looking forward to Kirk's comments on one of the books we read. So, uh, Kirk, get what you need done and get back soon.
0: Yep. So, so how you doing? Uh, I'm all right. You know, still staying at home, working. Or pretending yep. to. We'll talk about what I did today instead of work <laughs> later in the show. All right. That sounds
1: like a plan. Cool. Uh, but I'm right there with you. I'm still working from home, too. But you know that. We're, we're at the same company. so Yep. Uh, <laughs> all right. So this week we are talking about um, the letter O. And the new book that we did was the extended cut of X-Men, God Loves, Man Kills by Chris Claremont and Brent Eric Anderson. Uh, where do you want to start, Nick?
0: Why? That's where I want to start. Why <laughs> did they have the need to put this out? Are they? Do they just need money right now? Because I opened the first page, and that is the only thing that's different, is two pages in this whole book. This didn't need to come out. This is a money grab by Marvel. Oh, it absolutely is. It had the feel of the special editions from Star Wars that had the two seconds of extra stuff in it that really didn't need to be there. This
1: didn't need to come out. So I've never read this before until I read this. So the beginning where Kitty Pride's talking to the girl, that's new? That's new.
0: That's it. Okay. Everything I was else, wondering that okay. And this is one of my favorite X Men stories, and I didn't want to read it because it felt like they just took five dollars from me for right. no reason. Like, I have the original copy of Marvel graphic novel number five from back in the day, I have the original, and then I have uh, probably. Another graphic novel that came out in. Let me see, what year was this? Nineteen ninety-four. So I already paid like six books for one and five books for five bucks for the other, and there was no nothing new in this. Yeah, I was
1: wondering what the extended cut was, but clearly, a, from what you're saying, it's just that beginning part and.
0: That's it. That's it. And, yeah, I mean, you got Brent Eric Anderson coming back to do that page, but his artwork changed. His style changed. Okay, yeah. so, sorry, right, it's four page, five pages. But it's still, that wasn't enough for five extra bucks and having another copy of this in my house. Right. Yeah, and I... the, the fact that she calls Magneto Eric, Eric at this time, or Magneto at this time, didn't go by Eric. He went by Magnus. So that whole thing right there, that just was like Han Solo walking behind Jabba the Hutt. (laughs) That's page two of the story, and I didn't want to go any further if it was going to be like that. Uh, I I, I, I was like, no.
1: Well, no, if that, it's taking place in current time I can understand because the girl maybe knows Magneto as Eric. Right. But if this was,
0: you know, I don't don't buy this. Go out and buy the really nice graphic novel because all you're going to do is end up with this floppy horribly the the paper is horrible. I'm sorry. The paper on the cover it's cheap. Yeah. I mean, I put it down on my table and it got a bend on it. Oh, it—it just—I don't know. I I just—I don't—I can't justify five bucks for this. You can go out and buy the whole thing for five bucks. You don't need like four, eight extra pages of a story that doesn't really tie in. It's just Kitty telling somebody a story about back in the day. Magneto fought. William Stryker, like, okay, great. So what do you think
1: about
0: the writing story. in the back? Uh, the
1: story itself, I think, man, it, like I said, I've never read it before. I had no idea what it was about. Honestly, you and Kirk have talked about it before on the show. I had no idea what it was about. Um, it's pretty well known. I'm not a big X-Men guy. You know, as far as the story went, it's Claremont. It sounds like everything else I've read of Claremont's. Um, I don't know. Right now, it feels like it kind of hit too close to home with all the events that
0: are going on in the world in a different... Yeah, I mean, I think that's Uh, probably why Marvel decided to put this out. Oh, yeah.
1: Um, I didn't realize... Kitty had yet another name besides Sprite and Shadowcat. Yeah, jeez. Yeah.
0: She's got an identity crisis going on. She, uh, does. she I think uh, she's worse than Hank Pym. Wow. Ugh. But at least Hank Pym changes powers every once
1: in a while. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think the thing that I enjoyed the most out of it was when they were doing the Danger Room scenario. Mm-hmm. And Kitty came up with, okay, it's expecting us to go this way, go that way. And I thought that was really cool how they came up with a different way of not just Wolverine breaking the lock. Okay, great. And, you know, it was a different format. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, There's parts of it that I really did enjoy, and then there's other parts of it, like, anything that was involving Colossus and night uh, nightcrawler. Um, I thought that was really good, but the temper tantrum kitty kind of trying to be her own being the boss kind of thing. I, I don't know. I think I've just seen her develop so much in the other things I've read. That's kind yeah. of like, yeah,
0: going back to the young kitty is not easy.
1: No, it it's really not. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's a good story. I understand why people like it. Uh, am I going to pick up the second one? Probably not. Um, I did think the uh, Q&A with Chris Claremont at the back of the book was pretty interesting. Because um, if you hadn't... Didn't I have him sign your poster for you? Or did uh, you? You met, you met I got at, that. At a different yeah. time? Okay. I was trying to think. I knew somebody had met him. And I'm like, because there was one guy I went and talked to. I can't think of who it was that I got that signed for you. Um, But yeah, it's an X-Men book. I'm just, I have such a hard time just getting into the X-Men at all. Um I understand why people like certain characters of it and everything, but I just have such a hard time getting involved with the X Men on it at all. Um you know. I I you I can see your perspective from it. You know, if they all oh, that's all they added, I'd be irritated if I had a copy of it and then all they added was five pages to introduce this in just so they could say it was extended.
0: Right. I, I actually brought out my, my trades and I was going to go page by page and see what they changed in it. Uh, uh-huh. and then, uh, soon as I hit the fourth, fifth page and it was just the same, I gave up. I was like, I don't need to read this again. I've read it so many times before. Yeah. Thank you for five seconds of my life reading this like a couple seconds, you know, a couple pages it did nothing for the story
1: I think what they needed to do was they used to do these director's cuts they did it with like um, Avengers 500 and they did it with uh, like next wave agents of hate number one this reminded me of director's cut Mm -hmm. where it was the same exact story but you're now getting commentary from the people that wrote it yep and you kind of have that whole same idea because they're interviewing Claremont at the end and they're interviewing Anderson at the end of the book. Um, why did they just make it a director's cut with little notes and stuff using the five extra pages to in- be able to include those notes uh, from Claremont and Anderson? I right. think it probably would have been a lot more... I probably would have enjoyed it a lot more understanding how they were thinking and what, why they were trying to do with the story than just the story itself. And then reading all that stuff at the end. Yeah. That's just me though. I, isn't it like one of Kirk's favorites? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I can understand why it was an intriguing story. Just not quite but my it, cup of tea.
0: Yeah, I'm just saying, this didn't have to happen. No. I could have spent $5 on something else from Marvel that I didn't have to do this. Right. So. Yeah.
1: No. All right. So, uh, on to the letter O. What do you have for us this week, Nick?
0: So, I was going to read the Jack Kirby OMAC, but that is a slog and a half. So, I read the DC comics presents number 61 from where is it? 1983. And this is by Len Wein, George Prez, and Pablo Marcos. Oh, and nice. Yeah, this is gorgeous. This is a great little, like the artwork in this book is awesome. The story's great for the most part. Um, It is Superman in the eighty in eighty three. So he's pretty much just fists and heat vision and just punching everything, right? Right. So in the future, OMAC goes in and he's um, busting up a scientist lab, right? And they see him and they they're working on this huge mechanical robotic monster. And they send it to the past, and Omac jumps into the time stream behind it. And they end up in 1983. Um, and uh, so they're in 1983, and the the giant robot appears in the middle of a robbery at a liquor store in, in, in Metropolis and kind of helps... The robbers get out and they join him as his gang. And a couple of minutes later, Omak shows up and he fights Superman, of course. But what's smart about Omak is he's like, wait a minute, we don't need to be fighting. I have a feeling that we're supposed to be on the same side. And Clark's like, well, you threw the first punch and Omac's like, well, actually, technically you did. <laughs> oh, I guess you're right. I did. And so they, they Superman takes Omak to like the tallest building in town, and they have a discussion of the future and Omak's origin. And he's a guy named, uh, is it Bobby Blank, something like that? I know his last name is Blank, and uh, he was used as a, an experiment, and turned into like this one man army. So his name is Buddy Blank. So. He's got all these superpowers. and
1: But he's fully human, and this is the one that looks exactly like Mr. T, right?
0: Yeah, pretty much. He's got a giant (laughs) eye on his chest. He's got a giant mohawk.
1: Yeah, Um,
0: okay. So they they figure out that the robot was sent back to destroy a scientist named, I think, Marvin Blank. Something like that. I mean, I read so much this week. I'm not going to remember names, but yeah, his name is Norman Blank, the scientist, right? So they follow the robot. The robot spots Norman Blank, and him and his cohorts go after him, and Superman and Olmec stop him, and they find out that this scientist that they're saving, his name is actually Arnold Berkowitz, and they're like, well, if you're Arnold Berkowitz, who's Norman Blank? Norman Blank is the janitor that's been behind the scenes through the whole issue, like cleaning up everything. And it kind of is unresolved that OMAC never met his like ancestor, and Superman doesn't know who they're supposed to save. It's just it's a goofy, funny '83 Superman book, (laughs) and it's done by George Perez, so you can't go wrong with that. So right. Every
1: time you said there's something blank, I kept on thinking of gross point blank where he's like, I'm drawing a blank. Right. S- <laughs> Perfect. So I'm going to have to go and look at some of the old OMAC. I've never read any old OMAC. Um, I didn't even know OMAC was really a thing until OMAC project. Mm-hmm. Um. And I thought for sure you're going to go with the orb.
0: I was, I like, I was going to. Sit, pause positive you're doing the orb. I was going to, but we've already talked so much about the orb that there's nearly no point. Sure. So well,
1: I did the new 52 OMAC, which is completely different than your cool OMAC, because this guy's not cool at all. <laughs> uh, it's uh, Dan Danito and Keith Giffen. Uh, this came out in 2011 with the new 52 and so there was the Omec project book, which was a satellite that Batman created to keep an eye on all the superheroes and villains. And it kind of got its own became self-aware kind of like, um, Was it Hal from Space Odyssey or 2001 Space Odyssey? Yep. And so here they just jump straight into it. Um, It's an office building and this girl's looking for her boyfriend who works at the same place she does. And this big blue... Mohawk-wearing, monster-like thing is just tearing the place up and has been given instructions from somewhere. And he basically just repeats the instructions back. He doesn't say anything. Um, And you come to find out that he's getting these instructions. He's got to go down to the bottom of the building that all these people are in. And there's an underground group that are working to do something and omak lands down there and he's taken out all these guys and this robot girl comes up and her head kind of opens up and starts blasting guns out of her mouth and he survives survives that takes them all out and so the cool part about this book is after he takes everything out um he turns back to human and he's like what happened to me? I remember I went to the bathroom and I don't remember anything else after that. He gets a phone call. This guy named Kevin. He gets a phone call and it's the satellite brother. I saying that, um, let's see. What I want is your complete attention. And for you to understand that your life is now mine. I am brother. I, and you and I have much to talk about. But first, call your girlfriend. She's worried about you. And that was the end of the first issue. Um, Your OMAC sounded so much cooler than my OMAC. (laughs) (laughs) This, I picked it up when it first came out, and I haven't looked at it since after I read it the first time. I remember why, because it's not that great. The art was subpar. Um, The story there wasn't a story really it's like he just came out of the blue and i mean there's just no development whatsoever and kevin was the guy that was missing at the beginning and all of a sudden omac shows up so you kind of have the feeling that that's probably kevin but it wasn't it's not a great story um, i think that's
0: why it didn't last very long
1: no it didn't i for what some reason i remember it got hot for a few minutes Where, like, you know, for like two months or whatever, the book was going for like eight or ten bucks. Why? I don't know. Um, But it only went like, what was it, about eight issues? It was like this and Blackhawks and Mr. Terrific. There's like four or five books that only went like eight issues and then they died. And I had such hope
0: for that Blackhawks book. Such hopes. Because they were saying that it was going to be DC's G.I. Joe
1: mm-hmm
0: and yeah no it did happen <laughs> you know I
1: and I tried and I did try to pick up every single first issue of all those new 52s and if I remember right I did enjoy most of them there's a few of them like eh. um, but I was just excited kind of getting about getting in on the ground floor of a relaunch because at that time DC wasn't relaunching new books constantly. Marvel was not relaunching constantly. And that was one of my biggest gripes was how am I supposed to get caught up on all this history at issue 673 of Spider-Man or whatever, you know? Right. So when they relaunched, I'm like, hey, this is a good idea. And then relaunch and relaunch and relaunch. I'm like, okay. I'm done with the relaunches now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of good new 52 books. This one's probably like a quarter box book or maybe a dollar bin book nowadays. Um, it's not very exciting. I would avoid it and go find that 83 version of OMAC that Nick's got because that sounds a or, lot more entertaining.
0: Or just get the original. Go for the Jack Kirby stuff. Yeah. It is super crazy. But of well, course all Jack Kirby stuff from DC is uh, pretty insane.
1: I really think on this one that Didito and Giffen were trying really hard to make the art look like Jack Kirby, but they tried too hard. If that makes that, sense?
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's some guys that can pull off the Jack Kirby, but I don't think... Giffen can do that. Yeah.
1: And I like a lot of Giffen stuff. This was just not one of them that I'm I'm a fan of. No. All right. Well, let's see here. So next thing we normally do is what's going on at the shop. Um, they did have the – I'm blanking on his name um, – but the guy that played the gecko from the Mandalorian in at the shop today from noon to four, and it looked like they had a decent turnout. Hours are kind of tough, you know, noon to four. Most people are working.
0: Um, is that who that was? Because it said all it said on Facebook was he's brought some gecko stuff. Just, ah, a little bit more information, guys. <laughs> a little bit more. Yeah. Is yeah, he the Gecko gecko? Who, who the yeah. hell is gecko?
1: <laughs> no, he played the character named Gekko. I don't think he even actually got called the Gecko in Mandalorian at all. Um, but that's what his character's name was. Um Yeah, and he was only there from noon to four, so there was there was that. Um otherwise Not a whole else ton coming on going on right now. Um Just got done with a big sale that ended on the 5th, so Uh, They're starting to work up the next plans for the next sale um, and trying to figure out what to do about free comic book day and things like that. So as as soon as I get more information, I'll start passing that stuff on. But right now uh, it's kind of like a lull between the, in the storm of everything that's been going on. All right. So next is our, As Kirk always says, everyone's favorite segment, um, and I'm not going to do this justice either, The Random Reads! Good? Okay? Maybe? Uh, (laughs) I'll take the fake applause. All right. All right, you got any? Oh... You got any this week, Nick? I have two.
0: All right. So I was ecstatic to find Adventure Man number two this week. Uh-huh. I know it came out last week, right? Or was it this week? Was it, it, this came week? Out,
1: it came out this last Wednesday.
0: Yeah. So I'm in love with this book. Yeah? I really like it. And the more you're reading it, the more... It's. I don't know. Like, the characters are getting more interesting. They're. I, it's like if you could pull characters out of, like, the Shadow and the Doc Savage pulps and throw them into this book, yep, you did. I mean, I know you. Have you ever seen the Shadow movie? You know, I don't think I have. Well, in that, they. Uh, Shiwan Khan, he was a huge villain for the Shadow. Goes to a vacant lot and, or a, sorry, there's a building that was built, and Shiwan Khan makes it look like it's been a, an empty lot for forever, right? Okay. So, so it's it's not there, but it's there. Like only certain people who can see it. Well, in this one, uh, I can't remember her name, but she's the one who found the book. She's got the son Uh who's super smart and he's reading the book and he's like, wait a minute, mom, there's an address in here. And it's telling me where adventure man's headquarters is in all the books. It only says like in the tallest tower in the largest city or something like that. And this book has an address in it. She's like, well, I just go to school and I'll, I'll look into this. Right. And so she's like this, I feel stupid. And she goes looking for this building and she pulls out in front of this huge majestic building that has like the, the weird emblem that's on front of the book. And she stops a guy on the street and she's like, what do you see over there? He's like that piece of crap building. Right. So somehow adventure man made people believe that his building looks like an old rundown old grocery store. So, (laughs) She goes in, and everything that's in the book is happening to her, right? So, to use the elevator, she has to use the secret word. To, and then she runs into the ghost, and then the ghost is like, "Okay, well, maybe some of the security systems are still active, so be careful." Yeah, whatever. And she takes her helmet off from her bike and throws it backwards, and it sets off robots, and the robots go crazy. And uh, it's it's a fun book. I mean. It's a really fun book and it's cool because it's like they're not superheroes, they're just normal people and they're a family and that's really nice to see. Like just a a nice little adventure story of people without superpowers.
1: Yeah. And that's With, fraction, a, right?
0: Yeah. And Terry Dodson and Rachel Dodson do the artwork. Yeah. I mean, it's... I, I can't... I'm sorry. If you are going to be a letterer, I'm not going to put your name in here anymore. I'm not going to say your name if you're a letterer because you're not lettering, you're typing. And you're typesetting. So there's no hand lettering anymore. Right. Because, yeah, it's too clean. And you don't see the pencil lines underneath the wording like you used to. So... And same as colorist. You're not coloring. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. I mean, you're on a computer and you're coloring, but it's not the same. Right. So, yeah. The days
1: of finding pages out there of your favorite book, are long gone. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately.
0: And number two, I got empire zero, the Avengers. Okay. All right. And. Okay. You want to talk about synchronicity? Right. Do you know what Empire is about? Oh, wasn't I, I
1: read some kind of solicitors solicit, solicitation on it. I can't so, remember what's it. The
0: Cree so the Kree scrolls and there's something going on in the background. Right. So mm-hmm. in this issue. Remember when I was talking about Mantis and how she was pregnant in that book and then she has a son later on. Yeah. In, uh, in like Eclipse comics or something like that. Right, yeah. Yeah, this is a story about her son. And it's, it's just crazy. It's like, are we on a wavelength here? Because <laughs> what's going on? So there's a, a garden on the blue area of the moon. And the blue area of the moon is usually a desert with buildings in it. I mean, it's got air, but it doesn't really have anything. Right. So the Avengers go to the moon and there's a a huge forest, right? And they get attacked by a crease sentry with a weird monster head. And I'm not going to go through this whole book, but they're getting their butts kicked by this thing. And a dude comes out of nowhere and just slices into it with a sword. And it's the swordsman who is the husband or boyfriend or whatever of Mantis. And he died a long time ago, but the Kree kind of rebuilt him with some like organic plant matter or something like that. It's, it's a weird, long, complicated story for swordsman, but he is the son, like the dad of a guy named Sequoia. Sequoia is the son of Mantis and he's all grown up now. I mean, he appeared before in Thor in the celestial crusade or ah, something like that. It was a long 12 issue series back in the eighties. Okay. Um, but he is the, his mom was the celestial Madonna. He is the celestial Messiah. So he's this all powerful thing. And that is pretty much what empire is about. I think everybody in the world is gonna to try to stop Sequoia from doing what he wants to do. It's interesting. But there is so many tie-ins to this that it's kinda of mm-hmm. ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I kinda of like what Kirk and I talked about with that with A verse X. Yes. They just bring it up on in a very tiny little reference in a small panel that has nothing else to do with it, but they
0: say it's a tie in. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I it's it's crazy. Happening. So, yeah, I mean it's it's cool, but it's going to be a long read unless you just read the core book, and that may be what you have to do. I mean,
1: I know again, it's going back to the money thing, but Marvel and DC have to realize that the people that are reading the books now, they're not the young kids any as much anymore. They're not getting excited about this stuff uh, and going. Oh, I got to have every issue. You know, it's the smarter, you know, a little bit older generation now, and they know better than to just go buying every single book. And I, right. maybe it's a point, you know, where yeah, Kirk collects X Men, so he gets the X Men book. He says, sees that it's a tie into this. Is that going to be enough to make him? Want to go read the main storyline? I don't know. But uh, yeah, those are just getting very old. I I miss the big crossover events. Maybe have like a beginning story or, you know, have an eight-issue storyline or whatever. Um, And those characters aren't available to show up in other books or something. But they maybe make reference to it, but don't label it as a tie-in, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at.
0: Right, um, just because you put one page in the in the story, in the book, that ties yeah. in with it. Yeah. and it,
1: Especially if you're in the middle of a storyline of something else, and then all of a sudden, oh, we got to add this issue in because we got this big event going on, and it takes, so they have to put Happens five days after the events of the current story arc that's going on currently. You, know, mm-hmm. you see that all the time anymore too and it just drives me insane.
0: Yeah. But I'm well, that's what kills a, a lot like of books. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love that book. I, I think well, it's great.
1: And that's what I'm saying. I haven't heard you get that excited about a book.
0: Well, I'm, I'm a huge Doc Savage fan, so yeah. um, there, there's parts in here that are pros that are in the background. They're kind of hard to read because they're, they're light white over uh, the, the images and right. they're just so like, it is so like a love letter to doc Savage and you know, like reading new doc Savage isn't great. Like the, no. the comics that they brought out. Yeah. I mean, they were okay, but they didn't have the feel of the original.
1: Yeah there's maybe two or three people I would trust with some of that original stuff to do a a great story. Fraction's one of them.
0: I read Um, Batman meets the shadow. mm -hmm. Well, I tried, I got like three pages in and I couldn't read anymore. Right. Yeah. I, that was, you have to be very careful who you pick to do that kind of character. Oh, Absolutely.
1: Like fraction, I can see doing something. You know, uh, Brew Baker doing uh, like a Dick Tracy. He was fantastic with like uh, the Who Done It detective stories. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Gail Simone can usually get the voice of the characters, older characters, really well, and then add a little bit of her own twist to them and make them really great. But you know, it. There, it just doesn't work for everyone and uh, nope. I I can understand you know I haven't read issue 2 yet but I, I I was excited to see two issue 2 came out and to hear your excitement about a current book like that again is fantastic because you know you get excited about some of the older stuff you know when you found uh, some of the older books that you found a couple of weeks ago how excited you were about them. great that yeah. You know, I love hearing you get excited about them. And when Kirk finds his, what is it, alpha flight books he's missing, he gets all excited about. I love hearing the excitement of your guys' voices with that stuff. And then we read some other stuff and you're kind of like, yeah, no, 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 whatever. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. So, you you know, it's easy to buy into something when you're feel, getting really excited about it. So it's great to hear that you you found a book that you're that excited about. All right. So I've got two. Um, I got Alienated by Boom Studios, uh, written by Simon Spurrier and drawn by Chris Wild Goose, which is an absolutely fantastic name. Um, This is a story about three kids that go to school at, at the same school but they really don't run in the same circles. Um, One of them like records the videos with a mask on and stuff and tries to rile people up. Uh, One of them was a girl that got pregnant and she lost the child and a third one was a Muslim. I believe it was a Muslim who obviously a different cir- circle and they found an alien. They happen to just be in the same area. They found an alien and the being so close together with this alien, they could now start talking to each other mentally. Um, yeah. And in this particular issue, this was number four, um, they're talking and the, Muslim kid is just unbelievably frustrated so he like gets the alien to show up and the alien can warp him warp him into other worlds so like this um we'll just call it the, like the matrix kind of thing it's this world inside the, the world and yeah. he goes and finds his dad well his dad left him and uh He was trying to find his dad, and he he's talking to his dad and saying, you know, what did I do wrong? Why did you leave? You know, was it because I was overbearing? Blah blah blah. And he blocks out the other two that can hear his thoughts. And the girl starts wondering what's going on, and so she goes chasing over to his house to find out what's happening, and. While he is in this other universe, his physical body actually starts uh, the process of trying to commit suicide. And she shows up and stops him from doing that. Um, And he comes out of that other world. And his dad did did explain that it wasn't him uh, that was the reason he left. He had met somebody else and left and has another family now. Well, the alien picked up the anger that he felt, and now the alien's like pissed off and is going after, starting to take you know, kind of attacking people, and um, and the girl ends up saving him, you know, from committing suicide, and then the the third kid that was doing the videos and stuff is all depressed now because he tried out for a show or something and they rejected him off of his video. And so now the alien is feeling his, his sadness along with that anger. And you're just seeing this alien becoming um, a ball of emotion. That's going to start developing and blowing up, I guess. is how I'm looking at it. And at the very end, I thought this was super cool at the very end. Um, they addressed the whole suicide thing. They said, hey, if you know somebody that's having thoughts of suicide, call the Suicide Prevention Hotline. I mean, they they promoted this. I thought that was a very cool thing to do, especially going into the topic that they did. Um, as far as this particular issue went, uh, I thought the other issues were a little bit better. I thought this felt like it was a little more of a filler issue for some reason because it didn't feel like there's a whole lot of development outside of the alien and starting to really absorb the emotions of these three teenagers. Um, but yeah, I, I've been enjoying it. Uh, it's definitely worth taking a look at. When I came in to talk about this book tonight, um, I was really going to say, I don't know what to think about it, but after kind of flipping through it and talking it over, um, I, I got to say that I, I would recommend picking this up and checking it out. Um, it's one of the good books that Boom's putting out right now, and um, it's well worth the read. All right, and then the other one is uh, Ghost Rider number seven, which the Orb makes an appearance. Um, what year was this? This is, actually came out this last week. Oh yeah. So it's by Ed Bryson and Aaron Cutter. Um, Johnny Blaze is Ghost Rider again. And he's coming out of... uh, He thinks he's supposed to be uh, the ruler of hell. And the more he goes out and takes out demons that have populated the earth, he starts thinking more like the demons and gets more powerful and more psychotic um, he actually took the ghost writer away from Danny uh, is it Danny Ketch
0: Danny Ketch yeah yeah
1: and um, he's and Johnny's now uh, in this particular book kicking the crap out of Doc Strange uh, huh. in the meantime Lilith has the orb tied up to a chair and they're just kind of sitting there. And then uh, you see all these demons coming to follow Ghost Rider. And who shows up? Well, you can't have a, you know, it's a Marvel book. So obviously Punisher and Wolverine have to be involved. Um, (laughs) Of course. They show up with Danny and I can't remember what Danny's name is now. In this, but he becomes like this. It almost looks like the character Penance, if you remember uh, what Fastfall yeah. became. Almost mm-hmm. looks like him with a sword. So it's like a mix of Penance meets the Black Knight. Um, and he and Ghost Rider go at it. And his sword hits Ghost Rider and kind of reverts Johnny back to more of the normal Ghost Rider, not the super demonic going psycho type deal. Um, You know, Punisher, Wolverine, save Doc Strange. There's one part where a demon's about to get Doc Strange, and uh, he's like, I need you guys to watch my back for a second because I've got to do the spell or whatever. And this demon's coming right at him, and all of a sudden, In the panel, you see his head just goes blam, and the body falls down. And then where the demon was, you see the picture of the Punisher holding his shotgun. So he was behind the demon. It was kind of a cool frame. Um, You know, and at the end of it, Johnny said he was going to go back. Uh, Let's see. Uh, he's going to go after Lilith, and he did say he was going to come back and get Danny to come help him at some point to go after him. But in the meantime, he's keeping uh with, with, was it Des- Mephisto?
0: Met- Mephisto,
1: yes, uh, as a prisoner along with him to try to keep Lilith con- out of control from Hell. Um, you know, I'm not entirely sure. The orb has the all-seeing power thing, right? Is that what's going yep. on? Okay, that's what. Okay, I that's why I was thinking, and Lilith was using that. I was trying to figure out why she was using it, what that had to do with anything. But that that's what it was. She was using the orb to be able to see what was happening with Danny and Johnny. So, um, even with the Wolverine Punisher appearance, it was still a fun read. Um, I really like what they're doing with this. Um the Caretaker. Oh, that that's the other part. At the end of this, they always have like a little two-page story about Caretaker. And um they show Caretaker kind of and Danny talking after wrapping things up. Um and Danny goes back into his bar and uh let's see, how do they say it? In the meantime, we need to prepare. This isn't going to be an easy battle. Lilith has Hell on her side. And then you see this voice that says, Not all of Hell. Uh, Danny Catch, you will align yourself with Blackheart or forfeit the souls of those you hold dear. So it looks like Danny and Blackheart are going to now be partners uh, to help regain control of Hell.
0: Oh, that's going to be weird.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, The art's good. Uh, the storytelling is really fun. Um, I really enjoy it. You know, I'm not a huge. Uh, I, it's been hard to find Marvel books that I'm excited about. And uh, this one's been a real fun ride. I'm enjoying it, and I hope they keep it up. And I can see that this would be one of those characters that they talking about those big, long storyline or uh, events. I can't see how they can get Ghost Rider tied into this event. Um,
0: well, so they yeah. do have a ghostwriter on the Avengers and Empire,
1: but that's the kid that drives Frankie something, right? The car.
0: Uh, yeah, the ghost driver. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, And they haven't made any kind of tie-in to this book yet with that. I know they have been involved in the Avengers books and stuff, but there's been no tie-in in the ghost writer
0: proper uh, yet of that. So kind of makes you wonder like, is he actually a writer? Because I mean, they've done some things with them, but he's so different Mm -hmm. that it's almost like he's not a real writer. Right. Like maybe the demon that's in him is some kind of like, Uh, Copycat, right? That's like oh, something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not putting that out there. Marvel, don't take my stuff. (laughs) Take my ideas. (laughs) Please don't. Right. (laughs) Although they could probably use some good ideas.
1: All right. Uh, So that takes us to the top ten list, and now this week it is for the letter N.
0: Nick, would you like to go first? Yeah. Number 10. And this has always been a hard word, but this is from, um, <clears throat> oh, I can't even remember it. Um, X-Men Inferno. He's like a big devil. Um, Naster. He's a, he, yeah. If you see him, you know who he is. Number I, nine. I, I have an idea who you're talking about, yeah. Number nine, Night Nurse. Number eight, Naboo. How could you not put Nabu on here? He's a huge character for DC. So even though he's in the background and he's a helmet now. So. Right. Um, number seven, Napoleon Bonafrog from TMNT. <laughs> Six, Nemesis from Alpha Flight. Her costume is amazing, even though it looks like a mix between Spider-Man and Deadpool. But it looks actually like Deadpool took her costume And just decided to wear it. Um, (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. Look up Nemesis from Alpha Flight. You'll know what I'm talking about. Number five, Night Mask. Number four, North Star. Three, Namor. Two, Nova. And number one, Nick Fury.
1: Nice. All right. Ten, NFL Super Pro. Oh, (laughs) Jace. Nine, the Night Viper from GI Joe. He's the one that killed. I Quirk come to vipe the windows. And...
0: what's that? I come to vipe the windows. <laughs> oh, good. The,
1: the window viper.
0: Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> eight Namorita. Uh, seven Nightwing. Six Necron. Five Nova. Four Nebula. Three man. Two, Nomad, and one, Namor. When I say Nomad, it's the um, sidekick, Bucky, that turns into Nomad. That Nomad, not the Captain America revolting against the U.S. and turning into Nomad for a bit. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. That was a lot easier than I was expecting. I'm like, oh, no, it's in. And I'm like, wait, hold on. Oh, oh, yep, got it. Yep. (laughs) Done. <laughs> um. All right. So, do
0: you have any news? Uh, I have no news, but I have been sitting at home and I'm trying to find new things to watch because uh-huh. I've gone through everything. I watched the entire season of The Babysitters Club because I am so damn bored. Oh so, wow! It's good though. <laughs> it's really good because <laughs> I'm a big girl in heart. At heart, so. Go check out the Babysitter's Club, but what I really wanted to talk about was I went to the video store. Yes, we still have a video store here, and I got the first season of Star Trek Discovery. Uh huh. I thought it was just one disc, but it's all five discs in this thing, so I'm going to be sitting down here for quite a while watching this. Nice. Oh my God. This is the... It's so good. It is so good the characters are compelling the story's great not quite sure i'm going to like it when some characters show up because this is a prequel to the original series oh okay it's 10 years before so it's start of the klingon war
1: but did they and, do it right did is, is the because one of the things I'm, I'm not a big star trek person but like with the star wars things that drove me nuts was like the new hope and you know, Jedi. All those were supposed to take place after episodes one through three, but everything in episodes one through three looked bright and shiny and super cool. And then it looked like they went to the old version with the yep. original. Is it, did they do the exactly exact same thing? exactly ah.
0: like like okay? So it's. I was like, wait a minute! Shouldn't their consoles just be like like little jewels lighting up and like an odometer? like in a car rolling to see how fast they're going. But I think that would be for now, people would be like, that looks ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. But it, you get past that. The ships are shiny. They're all new. Blah, blah, blah. It's a great story. It, it catches you from moment one through I'm on, I'm starting disc two right now. So that's what I did today. I would check it out. Um, If you don't want to give CBS your money, just go rent it at a video store. It's that good. I mean, my wife is like, finally a Star Trek. I can watch. (laughs) That doesn't look dated, you know, like next generation looks super dated. Right. Um, They're like, I can't watch Voyager. I do not like the storyline. I do not like the characters in that. I tried Deep Space Nine. How many things can you get through a wormhole? Is that the one with
1: um, Scott Balaka?
0: No, that was... uh, Scott Bakula was in Enterprise. Okay. And I like Enterprise. It's a prequel, prequel, prequel but you learn a lot about the Federation history and there, there are some cool characters in it. So, and you find out that the Orion slave girls aren't slaves, but they actually use their pheromones to control the government to make, to make people believe that they're slaves, but they actually run the entire Orion. (laughs) Awesome. So, Oh, cool. That was that was a high point for that show, but no, um yeah, check out um Star Trek Discovery. I mean, it's on it's going to be season 3 coming out pretty soon, so it's kind of a good place to to jump in.
1: Yeah?
0: Wow. Before it gets, you know, 8 seasons in. Oh yeah.
1: Then you're just playing trying to play catch up.
0: <laughs> yep. Yep, yep, yep. Well, what about you? Anything?
1: I watched The Old Guard on Netflix and it's based off of one of uh, Greg Rucka's books comic books and it stars um... God. I always want to say Ashley Judd and it's not her uh, Charlie's Theron mm-hmm. Wow yeah. That was a fantastic movie um, it, it just action packed. I thought the storytelling was great. Is it like a going to be up for an Oscar type thing? Absolutely not. This is strictly <laughs> blow up, cool fighting scenes, kind of that kind of a thing. Um, and I really can't say much about it because if I give you anything at all, it's going to ruin it. Mm-hmm. But let me just say, you need to watch it. It is great. I thought they did a wonderful job. I This is one of those few things that I've read the old guard, the book, and I thought it was good. I thought they might have done a little bit better with the storytelling in the actual show. So um, definitely check that one out. I think it's only like two hours and four minutes too. So it's not that long, uh, but yeah, definitely worth looking into. Cool.
0: Yeah, I've been, I've been wondering about that.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I I was kind of iffy on it. And I'm like, you know what? I know it's based off a comic. I'll <laughs> I'll give it a shot. See what happens. Um. And yeah, I really did enjoy it. Enjoy it quite a bit. So. Um, that's about all I got this week too.
0: Um. So, also. Um, the Roll Die for Adventure podcast that we do role-playing games and weird improv Ninja Turtles adventures. We got together and sat down with Tyson John Thatcher II, who created a game called Kill Sector, and he runs this week's episode. So check it out Wednesday. It comes out at 7 a.m. So it's three hours long, but it's funny and weird. And it's about an underworld, underwater, underworld wrestling match uh, with three of us versus three giant monsters. So yeah, we had to do promos. We had to do what kind of music we wanted to walk out to how our entrances were done. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. I would definitely did, check it out.
1: And he played all three monsters or was there three yeah. other individuals? No, he played
0: all three monsters.
1: (laughs) That should be fun to listen to, then. I know you guys are pretty excited about that kill sector.
0: Yeah. um, Just go ahead and hop in and listen to it. It's it's really fun. I mean, it's probably one of the most fun that we've had in a while. Because, yeah, I mean, it's not D&D. Because sometimes D&D can just get a little bit of a drag walking through a dungeon, you know. And this yeah. was actually really fun because it was only created for three hours. So your character is only created for that tournament. And if they die, they die. Who cares? Sweet. So, so you're going balls to the wall for the whole thing. Because you don't care if your character dies. You just want to win. Right. You know? Wow, but, that's awesome. Um, I think we're good for this week, right? So. Yeah.
1: Awesome. All right. Well, as always, if you like what you hear, please leave us some feedback and um, get those ratings out there. That all every little bit helps uh, promote the show. Um, you know, we're always trying to improve the show. So if you have any comments or thoughts on what we could do to make things a little bit better, or um, something you want to hear us talk about, let us know. We're always open to checking new things out and seeing what we can find out and uh, see how we feel about it. So, absolutely, just uh, feedback and let us know. With that being said,
0: yes. And if you want to let us, and while we're recording this, go on to Podbean, go on live, like podbean.com, go to live, and we are recording every night or every Monday at 7 p.m. You can go into the chat line and give us uh, feedback, give us recommendations for books. Tell us how we're doing. If if we suck, tell us we suck. If we're great, tell us we're great. If you don't care, don't listen to us. So have a good yeah. night. It's been Nick. It's been Ryan. And we'll talk to you next week, live at 7 p.m. on Podbean. Bye. Bye. Or